I want to start us on uh, the verse we've been looking at every week to begin with, found in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 through 7 says this, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him. Somebody shout, continue. Continue. If you're in the chat, just put continue in there. That's the way you shout. You know, if you, if you type something in all caps, that's shouting, right? You know that. So when you text people, don't do that. You're yelling at them if you type it in um, all caps. Continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Now, you may not look at this and think, wow, this is a, a relationship series kind of verse, but the idea we've been working from is this idea of being rooted, rooted and built up in Christ, that, that healthy people have healthy relationships. And healthy people are healthy because they are rooted and built up in Christ. And if you have good roots, you'll have good fruit. And a lot of us, we, we approach relationships trying to deal with the fruit. And I want us to get deeper than that and deal with the root. And when we deal with the root, then we'll produce good fruit. Will you pray with me? Father, I pray that you would help this word to go deep into our hearts. I pray, God, that we would never be the same because of it. Help me to deliver it in the way that you spoke it to my heart, and may we be better for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. So how many of you know promise is a big word? Promise is a big word. If you know it in the chat, say, yes, I do. Promise is a big word. When our kids were little, the, 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 uh, the originals, Owen and Faith, we have, we have two sets. We got 13 and 11 and 3 and 1, about to be 4 and 2. So we call the older two the originals and the younger two the littles. And so when the originals were little, y'all following me now? When the originals were little, we, um, when they were getting old enough, and they would say things like, no, Dad, I promise, we'd be like, time out. Promise is a big word. And we weren't talking about the size of the word. We were talking about the idea that what promise means is a big deal. And we were trying to instill in them this idea that when you say something, you follow through on something. That when you make a promise, you keep your promises. And so we would always say to them, promise is a big word. And here's what I know for some of you that are watching today that um, some of the challenges are some of the pain really in relationships is because promises were made, but promises were not kept. Right, some of you are on the receiving end of that. Like someone made a promise to you and you find yourself now in a relational tension or out of a relationship or, or brokenness or whatever it may be and the hurt comes because of this. Somebody made a promise and they didn't fulfill the promise. Promise made was not promise kept. Are you with me? Um, some of you were on the giving end of that, right? I mean, we've, we've all been there, right? We made a promise and we didn't necessarily um, follow through on the promise. And now we're in the position where we're repairing some things and working through some things. And, and we've all done that, right? Uh, it doesn't matter. You know, it's not like super Christian and you never not fulfill a promise. We're human. Hello, somebody. We're human, and so sometimes we make some promises that we don't follow through on, but a lot of our tension can be found because we said something that we didn't follow through on. And today I want to talk about promises in the context of marriage, although I think it'll apply to so many different areas. I think there's some application for friendships, but here's the deal. If you're married, this is going to help you today, I believe. If you're not married but wanting to be married, get this now. All the married people will say amen. I, every time I do a relationship series, I have people that email us and write in and say, if only I had known that 20 years ago. If only I'd known that 15 years ago. And here's the deal. Um, we can start from now. How many of you know that God's mercies are new every morning? Great is faithfulness. I just kind of want to say that from the beginning. 
that, hey, if, if you have found yourself, like, you hear some of this today and you're like, wow, uh, blew that, um, screwed that up, you know, messed up there. I just want to say this to you. His mercies are new today. Great is his faithfulness. How about today's a good day to begin again? Today's a good day to to wipe the slate clean. Today's the day to say, I'm going to start from this day forward. It may have not have been from like that day forward, like you said on the wedding day, but come on, how about from this day forward? We're going to start doing it God's way, and I think you'll find the blessing in it, all right? And so the word promise, though, comes from the Latin word, all right? If you're a note taker, you need to write some of this down. If not, you should... Write it down because it'll help you. Um, It comes from the Latin word pro materme, and pro means um, forward and materme. No, pro means, uh, yes, pro means forward. I'm going to get this right in my notes. Materme means to send. In other words, the word promise means I am making a commitment or a declaration that I'm sending forward. It's the whole idea of a promise. A promise is something I say now that I'm going to need in the future, and so I'm sending it into the future. So whenever, whenever you stood that day, and, and it was a beautiful day, I'm sure, and, and, and you, know, you, made, you exchanged some vows, and, and you maybe did some repeat after me's, and, and you made some promises, you didn't need those promises right then. You didn't need for better or for worse right then, because it was awesome. You were in love. You're happy. There were flowers. People were singing. Guests were out there, you know, you had your dress, you said yes to it, you're ready to go. There he was, Prince Charming, you're ready, you know, the honey, she, you know, she's all about that. The guy was like, can we get out of here? We got places to be, things to do. Don't want to see nobody. Come on, somebody. Right, I mean, it's like the day. You didn't need the promise right then. You were sending the promise into a future moment where it wouldn't be cakes and flowers and smiles and everything wonderful. You were sending the promise into the future in the place where there was going to be tension, where you weren't happy with something they did. That's where the promise matters, uh, where, where, where you felt like walking out. That's where the promise, that's where you send it to. A promise is something, it's a commitment I'm sending into my future to say, when the time comes that there is tension, when the time comes that I want to walk away, when the time comes that I don't like what you're saying or what you're doing, when I don't want to forgive you, when I don't want to be kind, when I don't want to, whenever, when that time comes, I want to know I've already predetermined in my heart, I made a promise and I sent it into that moment that I wouldn't walk away. Are you with me? Because here's what I want you to understand, all of our young people right here, all of our campuses, I want you to know, love isn't a feeling, love looks a whole lot like hard work. Love looks a whole lot like commitment. Love looks a whole lot like hard work. It doesn't look like the movies. And unfortunately, some of us have created our understanding of relationships or our thought of what it's going to look like around movies. I mean, we even use words from movies. There comes my Prince Charming. Is he so Prince Charming at 6 a.m.? When he's making racket and, the, and, it, and he's unshaved and the hair is everywhere. Are y'all following me? Is, is it Prince Charming when the six-pack becomes a keg? <laughs> Is it still Prince Charming? It sounds like a whole lot like hard work. Are y'all following me? Come on, somebody. Come on. Come on. Yeah. 
We, we got the picture in our head that it's like, it's like the movies, you know, like, like they, they meet and, and they fall in love and the whole, and you're like, oh, get together, get together. And then, and then miscommunication happens and, and she thinks that he's not, and he thinks, and, and so then he leaves and he does take the job in London and you see him and he's going to the airport and he's gone through TSA and she realizes that he's leaving. Where is he? Oh, he just left for the airport and she jumps in the taxi and she's speeding to the airport, but he's about to board. Group one is boarding. He's in group one. Oh no, she won't make it there until time and she gets there and he walks on the plane and then she's downcast but something inside him won't let him stay on the plane and he gets his back from the overhead and he runs out and he comes out and she's at the taxi and he knocks and he's like don't go anywhere and they get out and he goes this is going to be hard and she goes I know it's going to be hard and he goes but I'm committed to you and she goes but I'm committed to you and he goes but I won't leave you and he goes I won't leave again and I'm not going to London and they kiss and in the next scene they're married We're just waiting for that, and that's a movie. It's not even a good movie. It may have been an episode of Friends, too. I don't know. I Ross, take you, Rachel. Wait, it's Emily. I don't know. <laughs> and it's all this love looks a whole lot like hard work. Commitment in relationships look a whole lot like hard work. Sticking in it looks a whole lot like hard work. Are there moments of, yes, of the feeling of love and, and all that? I don't want to paint a picture um, to all the single people that be like, I ain't signed up for that. Why am I signing up for all this hard work? I got enough hard work. There are those moments, but I can't tell you there's the moments where you need the promise. I don't, I don't need the promise when we're standing in front of the Eiffel Tower and we're taking the selfie and we're so in love because we're in Paris together. I needed it when the fourth child wouldn't sleep through the night and I was sleep deprived and I have no idea what I said to you. All I know is I woke up in the morning going, I'm sorry for whatever I said to you. I know it was unkind in the middle of the night. I apologize because I'm in this. Are y'all following me? A promise is something you send ahead. It's a commitment you make. It's a commitment you make. And so I want to talk to you today about four commitments that I think help you have a thriving relationship. And, and I think there are four commitments that, that if you're not married, that you should be looking for when you're looking. That you should be looking for. And I just want to uh, say to you too, don't miss next Sunday. Tammy and I are going to tag team. She's going to do half. I'm going to do half. She's going to speak to the guys. I'm going to speak to the girls. And, um, and I think it's, it's going to be a powerful time together. And um, I just want you to know, though, it's possible. It's possible. I think we live in a world where, where it, seems like, it seems like every week on social media that Tammy is like, another, another couple not making another like, announcement. We're not staying together. We're to, you know, we're, we just don't feel it anymore. We don't, which I'm, I'm like, I didn't, I didn't know I got into it because I felt something. I thought I was making a commitment. Um, but it is possible, you know? At the end of this month, my parents would have celebrated 52 years. When my dad passed, it was 47. It's possible. Uh, my mother-in-law is on the front row today. Friday night, we celebrated the day's their anniversary. Happy anniversary. We celebrated 45 years. 45 years 
together. I'm just, I'm just wanting to give you some examples that it does, that, that it still does happen. Are you following me? That, that people still go the distance. And even in both of those marriages, I see some of these commitments. And so I want to give you some tools that I think will help you in the journey. And, um, and, and, and like I said, maybe, maybe they haven't been a part of your relationship. Well, today's a great day to start. Today's a great day to start. Are you ready for this? All right. Number one is this. And, and once again, I'm telling you, we're getting to the root, not just the fruit. So this isn't going to be fluffy. This isn't going to be like, um, don't go to bed mad. And, um, and all, all that stuff is good, but I want to get down a little bit deeper on things. All right. And, and really help us build a foundation that'll take us the distance. Number one is this. We're going to make a commitment to keep Jesus at the center. We're going to make a commitment that we're going to keep Jesus at the center. The Bible says this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things. What are all the things? When the context of the verse, they were talking about all the, all the material, like all the stuff that we worry about, like provision and, and I would add relationships and they, no, no, no. Seek Jesus first and Jesus has a way of taking care of all the things will be given to you as well. And we get the cart before the horse. We're like, no, I need to worry about all the things. And it's like, no, no, no. If I worry about Jesus first, Jesus will take care of all the things. And I think one of the greatest commitments that you can make in relationship and the greatest thing you can be looking for as you step into relationship is going, all right, is Jesus at the center? Can I just say something to to anybody that is single right now? If Jesus isn't at their center right now, it's not going to poof happen when you say I do. It's not just going to be like, oh, all of a sudden, Jesus is the center. No, no. If Jesus wasn't the center before they met you, ladies, listen to me. Let's go. Come on. Say it. Come on. Come on. Guys will do anything to get what they want. They will make it look like Jesus is at the center. If it leads them to, we got children in the room. Are y'all following me? Tammy said when I said booty call last week and Faith leaned over and said, Mom, what's a booty call? She said, ask your dad. (laughs) She was like, just be careful. You know, we don't have kids point right now. (laughs) If Jesus wasn't the sinner before the first date, what makes you think he's going to be the sinner when you say, I'm just saying, and listen to me, Jesus at the sinner. Jesus at the sinner. Not, and all these things are wise questions after this, not, not what's your career at the center, not our earning potential together at the center. I'm not saying any of that is, that is bad. Are you following me? I'll have a whole lot of questions for the guys that come around my daughters. Are you with me? But the first one would be, where's Jesus. In the equation, where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? Because if Jesus isn't at the center of the relationship, and isn't at the center, and the way he gets at the center of the relationship, if you're wondering, he's the center of your life. If he's not the center of the relationship, the center of your life, then you're going to have two completely filters, different filters. You're going to filter finances different. 
Because if you're a follower of Christ, you filter finances through how Jesus says to manage them. You're going to filter parenting through, because if you're a follower of Christ, you're not going to filter it through what the latest psychology book is. I'm not against reading of that. I've had tons of those classes. I have two masters and a doctorate. I'm all about education, but I'm going to filter first through what the Bible says. Are you following me? I have completely different filters through which I look at the lens of life and reality and the world and everything. And so if Jesus isn't at the center, then it's going to create some real tension for you. You following me? Here's what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians. This is the, the metaphor Paul gives us. Don't be yoked together with unbelievers. One other phrase says it like this. Another translation says, don't be unequally yoked. And the reason he says, he asks this, because what do the two things have in common with each other? What is light and dark? The metaphors he's using, light and dark. He's trying to show you those two things, you'll have tension in that. And so what, uh, let me say it this way. When Tammy and I, the first date we ever went on, First date we ever went on, I had about 20 questions. And it was about, where's Jesus? Where do you want in your life? Like, what does that look like down the road? It wasn't the fifth date. Are y'all following me? And I know sometimes, and I just want to tell you this, sometimes, because I think some of you, whenever I give an illustration about my life, you think, well, you're a pastor. It's supposed to be that way. I wasn't a pastor then. I was just a Christian. I didn't even know what I was doing with my life then. I was considering law school. I was considering an MBA at that point. I was considering seminary and ministry, but I wasn't locked in on what the call of God, what I was going to give my life to. Are you following me? I was just a believer that was looking for another believer. I knew I wanted to get married. Are y'all following me? And the first question, the first conversation, not the second date, not the third date, not the fourth date. I don't understand when people go on dates and it's like the first date and be like, what'd you think? Like, where are they with Jesus? Oh, we didn't really get into that. Well, first for me, it was an economic thing. Why am I going to pay for a second date if I know we ain't moving anywhere? I'm not wasting more money. Y'all with me? If this isn't moving anywhere, I'm not five dates in. I could be two or $300 into this thing and find out it's not going anywhere. I needed to stop at the $60 moment. It's an economic thing for me. I'm still a little frugal like that. But it's a priority thing. Jesus is priority in my life, and he's priority in your life, then if, if that's not settled when the, in the first conversation, then see Jesus at the center. Jesus at the center. Of your, it's the foundation on which you build everything else. I, listen, not me at the center. I'm single right now. It can be all about me. Show me where you find that. Uh, I've, I've read, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but the life I now live, I live in the flesh for the son of God who died and gave my life. I've been bought with a price. My life is not my own. Therefore, glorify God with my, my, my physical body. There's never a season in the life of the believer where life can be about you. It's always Jesus, always Jesus at the center of everything in my life. And maybe for some of you, I just want to speak to some married folks in the room and, um, because I pray through so many of these requests on 21 days of prayer where some of you are praying for a spouse that is unbelievable. You maybe got married and then later in life you came to faith and you're like, Jesus isn't really at the center and, and, and am I just, is it just too late for me? And I just want to say, 
His mercies are new every morning. Matter of fact, Paul speaks to this and he says, listen, you just keep loving Jesus. You keep living the life of a believer and, and that life, let me tell you, when you live the life of a fallen in love with Jesus, like legitimately my life surrendered to Christ believer, it is an attractive life. And Paul says it will attract unbelievers in your life. And so let me just encourage you with this though. You don't debate anybody to Jesus. You don't nag anybody to Jesus. You don't prod anybody to Jesus. The Bible says it is the kindness of God that leads us to Jesus. So I just want to encourage you to live with kindness, with love, and live a Christ-like life in front. So number one, we're going to keep Jesus at the center. If you're with me, say amen. amen. Number two is this, is that we continue pursuing that we continue pursuing. We, we don't stop the pursuit. I love this verse. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads to profit. So I'm not going to talk about pursuing. I'm actually going to pursue. I'm not, I'm not going to pursue up until the point that that I say I do. I'm going to continue the pursuit beyond the I do. I, I don't, I'm making this commitment for some time. I'm making this commitment for when there's four kids in the house and, and we're always tired, but no, I'm going to make it a point to go, no, we're going to get away. No, we're going to have a date. No, I'm going to keep pursuing. I'm going to, I'm going to stick in it. Not just, just the, the romantic pursuit, but I'm also going to keep pursuing the individual. And what I mean by that is this, is I'm going to keep pursuing how you're thinking. I'm going to keep pursuing how you're feeling. I'm going to understand that who I said I do to on one day continues to grow and evolve and become a different person and more mature and more complexities in one season of life. You're a different person in the next season of life. And so I'm going to keep pursuing to know you, to understand you. I'm going to keep pursuing forgiveness. I'm going to keep pursuing love. I'm going to keep pursuing peace. I'm going to, I'm going to stay in the pursuit. I'm going to keep that commitment that when it's not so easy, I'm going to keep pursuing you. When it's not so, when I don't have all the energy in the world, no, I'm, going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to make this a priority that I'm going to keep. I'm just going to keep pursuing. When you want me to pursue you, I'm going to. And when you don't, I'm going to. When, when you're in a funk for a little while, I'm going to keep coming after you. I'm going to keep loving you. I'm going to keep encouraging you. I'm going to stay in the pursuit. I'm in it. I'm in it. See, some of us, we're going to talk about this next week a little bit, is um, how when scripture talks about finding a wife, the idea is that you find the wife. In other words, the guy pursues, and I, this isn't just old-fashioned, this is, I'll show you how it plays out and help you, is that, um, is that the, the job of the man is to go pursue and go look and find. The Bible says who finds a good wife finds a good thing, and here's some of the tension in relationships, is ladies, during the dating phase, you did all of his job for him, and now you're married, and you want him to do his job, but you never made him do it before. And so I got to keep the pursuit. Does that make sense? Are you with me? Is this helping? Okay. I got to keep up the pursuit. It's not always easy work. 
It's not always roses and flowers. There's moments of challenging. There are some wonderful moments. I'm not trying to paint a picture. I'm trying to give you a deep foundation. I want to get the footers deep so that the structure on it is lasting. It's not just talking about it. You got to actually be about it. That's what the proverb is saying. If you want the Daniel translation of this text, don't just talk about it. You got to be about it. I love this verse. It says, consider how far you've fallen. If you realize, oh, I haven't been pursuing, it says, repent and do the things you did at first. Now, the word repent kind of has a bad connotation, I think, for some people, because they think of someone like with a blowhorn on the side of the street, like yelling, repent, you know, turn or burn. And the, the word repent, literally, this is what it means. It means a change of mind. That's the literal definition of the word. It means a change of mind. In other words, I had a mindset thinking, oh, we're married. We can put it on cruise control. I don't have to pursue anymore. No, I've got to repent. I've got to change my thinking to go, no, if I'm going to keep life in this relationship and I'm going to keep this thing thriving, I can't put it on cruise control. I've got to continually give it maintenance. I've got to continually build into it. I've got to continually grow it. Here's the deal. You will either grow by default or you will grow by design. When you grow by default, you often grow apart. When you grow by design, you grow together. Continually pursuing is saying, no, I'm going to grow by design. I've got a plan for this. I've got a strategy for this. Here's what, what blows my mind is that we will strategize about our money. We will invest it in 401ks and IRAs and invest in companies and, and all these kinds of things. And we'll have plans and strategies and retirements and all that kind of stuff. But we never strategize about our relationship. Which is more important? How much money you have in the bank? Or that the person that God gave you, you go the distance with? Yeah. Now, I'm all about, stra I'm, I'm, I'm into all that. I'm into all that. I, I don't want to get to, I don't plan to retire, but I don't want to get to that age and have been ignorant. Yeah. Are you following me? Yeah. I don't plan to be on the platform until I die, but <laughs> eventually I'll hand that over. I just, I have a plan. My plan in retirement is just to walk around and I can say whatever I want and I'll be the old guy. Just, I'll go teach in the college. I'll walk around the office and take all the young people to long lunches. Every so often I'll just get up and say weird things and they'll be like, bless his heart, he's old. That's my plan. Continue pursuing. Don't grow by default. Grow by design. Grow by design. Number three is this. I think this one is so important. Is I'm going to make a con commitment to protect our purity. I'm going to make the commitment to protect our purity. Th this is one where I said in, in counseling situations or, or get feedback from some of our pastors sometimes where I'm just like, oh my goodness, what is, what is happening? Where married couples aren't protecting their purity. And I'm, I'm talking about real life conversations of going, well, there, was, there just wasn't the fire anymore, so we didn't think it'd be a bad idea to bring pornography into our marriage bed. And I'm like, take God out of it. Just look at secular psychologists and the cases are proven that it'll destroy your marriage. And when we have these devices in our hand and and it's so easy to, 
to emotionally connect with somebody and it's just direct messaging and it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal that you've got to pursue this thing of pursuing. You've got to pursue the protection of putting up the boundaries because here's the deal. The enemy is crafty and he's sly and he's smart and it's just little by little. The, The Bible says this. It says that the marriage should be honored by all. It should be honored by all. That means everybody in your life should honor your marriage, should esteem it as as something valuable and to be protected. And if you have people in your life that don't value and don't honor your marriage, you need to move them out of your life. Uh, Can I say it that kindly? You need to put some boundaries up. Ladies, listen, you don't need girls at the office that are going, well, I can't believe he's like that. And I, no, you need voices of life speaking into you and voices of hope. And boy, you don't, you need to get people out of your life that would want to tear down your marriage. You need to protect the purity of your marriage. There's, there's, there's no reason. Can I just speak frank to you today? There's no reason you need to look up on Facebook your ex-girlfriend from high school and reconnect and find out what's happening with her. Hello. When I said I do to Tammy, it radically changed every female relationship in my life. It reoriented everyone. Really, when we got it, by the time we were engaged... We don't have friends, we have friends that, and I have friends that are female, but I don't, I don't, we're not communication in that, like, I just, I, it, it, or I, I put a barrier around our marriage, because here's the deal, the enemy doesn't flood your house overnight, he does it drip by drip. Oh, it's just one direct message, not a big deal, it's just one text, it's just one little, just one little drip. It's just one little picture. It's just one little movie. It's just one little thing that we bring into the, it's just, I, I mean, he really wanted, uh, he, he loves me, pastor, but he just said this other girl in our marriage mix, the three of us, just, it would, it would create another dynamic. Is this getting too real for you? We have to protect the purity of our relationship, the purity of our marriage, we're, we're to guard it with everything that we have. Because the enemy will destroy it, drip by drip. Listen to me, he plays the long game. He has more patience than you ever thought of having. And he will outlast you. Drip by drip by drip. The Bible says the marriage should be honored by all. And the marriage bed kept what? Say it again said kept pure. God wants it kept pure. What does that mean? Between you and your spouse. And if we could go there and what they're comfortable with. Are you following me? You just, you two talk about that. (laughs) But keep it pure. Keep, think, keep, no one else should be in that mix. It's a commitment I'm making down the road. When I need that, I just want you to know I'm protecting the purity of it. I just want you to know whenever I'm at the office and he's complimenting the report I just did and the presentation I did, and it makes me feel some way on the inside, I just want you to know that I'm not entertaining that. I'm getting away from that. I'm going to talk to you about it. Why? Because I've already committed to protect the purity.
I'm protecting the purity of it. The Bible says this, it says, we were once in darkness before Christ, but now we're in the light. So live like it. Live like it. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness. Those are fruitless deeds. They bear no good fruit. They're fruitless deeds, but rather expose them. Don't let that. And and maybe if you've messed up and you're like, I've already blown it. No, no, no. Look at this. Whoever conceals their sin does not prosper, but the one who confesses and pronounces, renounces them, finds mercy. I just want to encourage you that, that if you're willing to go, I've blown it. God goes, I got mercy for you. Let's, let's begin again. Let's start from this, from this day forward. Are you with me? Maybe we should title the message that from this day forward. Number four, final one is this, is that we make commitments that we're going to stay in this together that we're going to stay in this together. And I want to show you why. It's more than just um, uh, how, how strong and resilient I can be. It's got to be deeper than that. It's got to be much deeper than that. I, our foundation of why I stay in this together has to be more than just I've got tenacity and I can stick to it and, and I'm not a quitter. You gotta, it's got to be deeper than that. And this is, this is why. This is why we stay in this together. For this reason, this is the words of Jesus speaking, Matthew 19. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother. So all the mothers and your baby boys, let them go. Leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. I don't understand it. I don't know how to explain it but something in this idea of marriage that God created. We didn't create it, I didn't create it, the government didn't create it, God created it. And it's a unique relationship that's unlike any other relationship that he created. It's unlike friendships, it's unlike business partnerships, it's unlike working relationships, it's unlike parent-child relationships, it's unlike any relationship we other. And Jesus is talking about it here. And he says, there's something supernatural that happens that the two actually become one flesh. There's this oneness that happens that you just can't explain. And he said, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. In case you didn't get the other sentence, Jesus like, hey, let me make it more clear for you. They're no longer two. So it's, not long, it's no longer just about your opinion. That's why narcissism doesn't work in a marriage. Because marriage is the greatest experiment of you dying to self but they become one flesh. Therefore, and you may have heard this at a, at a wedding and not know it was the Bible. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder or no one separate, right? I don't stay in this together and I'm not making that kind of commitment just because I got a no quit spirit. No, I'm making the commitment to stay in this together because God supernaturally ordained you and I. And when we said yes to each other, he created this fusion of two people, this supernatural thing, this not even a commitment, it's deeper. This covenant took place between the two of us and God said what I put together. I didn't, Daniel didn't put us together. You didn't put us together. God said that what he joined together, he put it together. Let no one tear it apart. No one from the outside. Man, God forbid, no one from the inside. So I don't, I don't give the commitment that I'm in this with you 
just because I have a no quit spirit. It's deeper than that. It's because what I'm in, God put together. And what God put together, who am I to tear apart? Promise is something I send into the future. It's a commitment I make that I'm going to need at one point in the future. Because there's going to come some moments where it's like this. And I got to remember, oh, I sent a promise to this moment. And I'm staying in it. And I know some of you, you've been on the receiving end of a broken promise. That what God put together, they decided to tear apart. I just want you to know his mercies are new every morning that today's a great day to forgive today's a great day to release and today's a great day to start again and speaking of starting again for some of you today's a great day to start a relationship with Jesus for some of you you've had religion like check the box prayed the prayer but like passionate, like all-consuming, like Jesus first, Jesus central, Jesus over everything. That's never been your encounter. And today I'd love for it to be, whether you're in one of our campuses or in another room, the Bible tells us this reality that we've all sinned. And that's not meant to condemn you because we're all in that boat, me, you, all of us. Just the reality of the human condition and And it says that the wages or the payment, the the W-2 of your life for sin is death. It's what you earned, what I earned. But the gift of God is eternal life. So you got a choice. Stick with what you earned or receive the gift. And the gift's eternal life. And it's through Jesus alone, not, not through your good works, not through how much you've given to a church or how many times you've come or how loud you sing or how many Bible verses you've memorized. The, the scripture says it's not something you can earn so you can't boast about it and you can't get the credit. Only God can get the credit. He designed it that way. He designed it so he gets the glory and you get the gift. And the way that you receive it is by faith. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart, legitimately believe in our heart, the resurrection that God raised Jesus from the dead, we will be saved. Not on my words, but on the word of God. You can have confidence that heaven is your home. And I say it this way, that when Jesus is first, you get eternal life later. Yeah, but you get a better life now because life is better when you place Jesus as the first place in your life. And so we're gonna pray in a moment. And if that's your heart today, you'd say, Pastor, that's me. I, I'm not, I know I'm far from God. I know that I'm not, I'm not all in, but I want to be. I want to help you express that to God through prayer. And so if you would do that with me in just a moment, we're going to pray out loud together as a church for the benefit of those praying for the very first time. If you're in the chat online, you can join us in prayer right there where you're at. I'm going to ask everyone would bow their head and close their eyes. And this is just me helping you follow the scripture, confessing with your mouth, only you can believe in your heart. But if you do, then make this your confession today. Just say out loud, all of us together out loud, say, Jesus, I need you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. I believe you died for me. I believe God raised you from the dead. 
Today, I make you my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. And everybody said a big amen. Amen. Come on, the Bible says all of heaven rejoices. If you found today's message helpful, feel free to rate, review, or even share it with a friend. Also want to encourage you to think about partnering with us, you know, together through your giving. We can take this message around the world and make a difference in the lives of so many people. Thanks again for joining us today. If you would like to partner with us, you can do so by clicking the link in the description, visiting lifepoint.org give, or via text messaging on your mobile device. Just text the dollar amount of your gift and keyword LifePoint to 45777. Thank you for your generosity. We can do so much more together than we ever could apart.